We've been doing this for a couple of years now, uh, and it's been incredible to get information and to learn from the Aga Khan uh, University Hospital here in Nairobi. In studio with me this morning, Dr. Bob Achilla, uh, who is a urogynecologist. Uh, and I'm going to have to ask, good morning, first of all, Dr. Bob. <laughs> good morning, and thank you for inviting us. Uh, great to have you with us. Uh, and first and foremost, before we get into what we're here to talk about, what is a urogynecologist? Because I know the second part of that word, but I don't really understand the two words put together. Yeah, thank you uh, so much. So a urogynecologist is uh, a specialist uh, who basically deals with uh, problems in women which results from disorders of the pelvic floor. So these are problems which affect uh, especially uh, bowel function, bladder function, and sometimes can result in uh, what is called pelvic organ prolapse or some weakness whereby the pelvic organs sag. Mm-hmm. And, and and that would cause uh, things such as incontinence, I, incontinence I guess. Or urine, yes. Right, okay. So... It falls under gynecology, obviously, because it's it has to do with women, I suppose. Exactly. Okay, so let's talk about, I mean, because uh, let's talk about, uh, and, and I guess a lot of this is uh, based on things that, you know, I, I assume in your field, you come across people who are saying, this has happened to me and I don't know what it is. And you have to kind of diagnose it. And that comes down mm-hmm. to, to, to what we're saying, urogynecology. Uh, so let's talk about the, um, the uh, incontinence uh, situation, because there are different categories of incontinence. Uh, so if I'm not mistaken, and you can explain this to me, there's stress incontinence, mm-hmm. there's urge incontinence, overflow incontinence, uh, functional incontinence, and mixed incontinence. So can you break down like how it's all kind of different? Okay, so uh, here we're talking about incontinence of urine because you know there can be other types of incontinence, for example, uh, incontinence of stool. Okay. But for today, we want to concentrate on incontinence of urine. So the, the definition is uh, involuntary loss or leakage of urine. Mm-hmm. And there can be many types as you have said. So, for example, urge incontinence means you have this overwhelming desire to pass urine, like uh, almost like an emergency. You could be sitting here with me, and then suddenly you have this urge that you need to pass urine, and many times you might not be able to make it to the toilet, and then you leak. That is the definition of urge incontinence. Okay. Stress incontinence is not because of psychological stress, but is leaking urine as a result of pressure in your abdomen. For example, if you cough or laugh or jump or lift something, there's increase in pressure in your abdomen, and then urine leaks. Okay. There can be a mixture of both. Okay. And then uh, other, other other types, uh, which and, and I think this is important, is um, continuous leakage. Like for example, uh, somebody who has a fistula, then for them they might just report continuous leakage of, of urine. Th- these are the, the the predominant types of uh, incontinence. Okay. Um, you know, you, you'll have people obviously coming to you um, and having this issue and not knowing what the cause is. So then you would obviously go into a series of tests, I suppose, and try and figure out what's causing the incontinence. Yeah, true. Actually, what we say in urogynecology is that the bladder is uh, an unreliable witness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so what this means is um, many times the patient, uh, not, not their fault, uh, but, you know, the bladder is under what is called the autonomic nervous system. Mm. It doesn't give precise information. And mm. the patient will try and explain to you which might give you an idea, but usually, as you say, you have to do some few investigations to get an idea of what is the underlying cause of their problem mm-hmm. before embarking on some course of treatment. Okay. Uh, besides uh, incontinence, what other conditions does urogynecology attend to? What other conditions? Are, are there other conditions uh, that, that you, you, you sort of diagnose or you sort of uh, focus on uh, with the bladder, I guess? Yeah, so of course, uh, the, the bladder, there can be leakage of urine. There can be also issues like bladder pain, okay? There can even be an opposite of incontinence, which is now maybe difficult in passing urine. Okay. Where you have to strain 
or have to push or there's some bit of hesitancy um, uh, which means there's some uh, problem with voiding mm. uh, other issues might involve other pelvic organs whereby there's uh, what, I, what I call the prolapse prolapse means the support of the pelvic structures is weak and therefore the woman might report maybe a bulge or a feeling of something coming down in the vagina which might be the uterus which is just uh, uh, prolapsing or coming down or the bladder coming down or the rectum coming down Okay, when 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 people come to you with these problems, I mean, are most of these di- uh, uh, treatable? Are most of these situations treatable, or are there some that that are beyond uh, treating? And and then part two of that question would be, you know, if you do have one of the, if you have something like incontinence and you you, it's a consistent thing. The longer you leave it, is that does that cause it to be more permanent as opposed to being a, to being treatable? Yeah, this, this is an important question. Uh, the distinction between urogynecology and other fields is that uh, what you're dealing with mainly is an issue of quality of life. So it's not something which is going to, it's not dangerous for you. Eh? And um, it's not like cancer whereby you, there's some urgency in terms of you have to do something very, very quickly. Otherwise, it might get to a permanent situation. But you can imagine, uh, like you're a radio presenter and we're sitting here with you and conducting this interview. If you have, if you have a problem like urge incontinence, it's not dangerous for you, but of course it's devastating in terms of your quality of life. You may not be able to do normal things as a human being. So um, so the point I'm trying to make is that urogynecology is very important, not, not in terms of if we don't do something, then it's a permanent situation. But as a human being, you still have to live. It's mm-hmm. not a matter of life and death, but it's a matter of quality of life. And uh, our aim is to improve the quality of life of the patient. So yeah, this, this, this is basically the point. Okay. Uh, again, um, and then part two of the question is if you leave it for too long this incontinence issue is it does is that when it becomes you know i mean is it harder to treat the longer you leave it or is it something that can be treated at any time so so most of these problems are actually quite uh, fairly straightforward um to manage the bigger challenge we face is uh, the stigma the embarrassment and uh, probably patients thinking that maybe like what you're trying to say that maybe there's no solution yeah, but if they were to able to come and be evaluated, most of these problems are actually fairly straightforward to treat. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about, uh, uh, we, uh, we'll, we'll delve into what happens to women, some women after uh, delivery, uh, because uh, there is obviously sometimes complain, even joke about leaking a urine when they sneeze or laugh or something like that. And if that is actually part of the same category uh, and how to tell if you are suffering from this issue. We'll come back and talk in a little while. If you have any questions, uh, get them in 984 in the morning, hashtag drive in 0701984984. It may be something that you found uh, as a woman quite embarrassing, but here we are talking about it, opening up that conversation. So if you have those questions, do get them in. I'm sure our doctor can can answer those for you. Capital FM. Dr. Boba Chilla in studio with us this morning, consultant, urogynecologist at the Aga Khan University Hospital here in Nairobi, talking about urinary incontinence. Uh, and uh, I guess, Doc, it's, it, a lot of women uh, that this would happen to, uh, even men, I guess it also happens in men happens as well. To men yeah. as well yeah. um, but I guess a lot of them wouldn't wouldn't feel comfortable coming into a, do- a doctor's office or hospital saying, I'm suffering from this. You probably, because there must be a lot of stigma to this. Indeed, there is. Uh, but w- w- what I can say is that actually incontinence of urine is uh, quite prevalent or quite common. And some of the reasons why uh, we, we are seeing quite a lot of this incontinence is uh, generally because life expectancy is increasing. Right. So people are living for longer. But at the same time, there are many things which are happening. For example, um, 
medical conditions are becoming more and more common like diabetes or ne- neurological problems and also uh, during delivery there can be trauma and then there's some sort of like an occult injury which occurs which then later on might reveal itself in terms of incontinence or things like pelvic organ prolapse but generally these, these are these, these are fairly common um, it's a fairly common condition right incontinence of urine yes and, and I, i mean i'm, I'm not going to ask you percentage wise but majority of this can be treated i mean there must be some that that it's I mean, as you said as people get older you know you lose muscle control in certain parts of your body yeah. whether it's you know wherever it is so i guess as you get older sometimes it can't be treated and I, i suppose i suppose that's where adult diapers come into play i mean if you're older I, but as, as I said, uh, majority are easy to diagnose and majority are easy to treat. Okay. Uh, and uh, treatment doesn't necessarily have to be surgical treatment. Huh? Right. Because there can be just uh, simple things which the patient can do in terms of lifestyle modifications, huh? which can help quite a lot in terms of mitigating the problem. Okay. Like for example, uh, because you're talking about incontinence of urine, huh? if you're talking about something like urge incontinence, then uh, there are many, many lifestyle changes the patient can make. For example managing fluid intake like here in, here in Nairobi maybe commonly uh, almost everybody has a, a bottle of, of of water and then maybe uh, taking a lot of water i think it's a bit unlikely that you need to take more than two liters of water uh, in a typical day so the, the more you drink the more you're loading your bladder with a lot of fluid mm. and you might find yourself rushing all the time to pass urine okay like for example if you are waking up quite a lot at night to pass urine then you can also try and uh, limit the amount of fluid you're taking before going to bed so this can be simple measures which you can take which can improve your quality of life quite a lot then okay. there are some things which we know can be bladder irritants huh? for example if you're taking a lot of spicy food or if you're taking a lot of coffee or if you're taking a lot of tea Uh, this one can be very irritating to the bladder okay you have talked about uh, fluid intake but also if you don't take fluid and you are very dehydrated then the urine can be very very concentrated and then this can be irritate your bladder and can make you have this urgency and always rushing and sometimes even leaking urine okay so 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 the, the condition can be ex- exacerbated by drinking too much or not drinking enough or, or being dehydrated that's uh, interesting or or, or 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 we have to have said in terms of bladder irritants of course even alcohol huh, right. can be a, can be a bit problematic to the bladder right then an important thing also is uh, weight So for example if you are overweight or obese what we know is that uh, weight reduction can have quite a big impact in terms of improving your your bladder symptoms. Mm, yeah, so may, so maybe you should not feel that all the time maybe if I go to hospital they're going to recommend for surgery or some big intervention mostly it's just to understand what your issue is. Yeah. And then coming up with a plan which might include even things like pelvic floor exercises and weight reduction and then uh, trying to improve uh, your bladder function through training and uh, these kinds of lifestyle modifications. But I guess that what you're saying is early detection is key. Early detection is important, uh, but uh, it's not like a terminal disease. It's not right. like stage 1, stage 2, stage 3. It's not like cancer. So uh, at whatever stage you come, we still we still be able to come up with a plan for you. Right. Um you you mentioned uh, something that i found quite interesting there weight uh, certain things lifestyle modifications uh, let's talk a little bit about weight uh, and of course its role in this why would weight be an issue why would be someone being obese why would that be an issue what is the what is the physical uh, you know impact of being overweight in terms of urinary incontinence Yeah, I think um you know just the metabolic the metabolic state in which you are because you know weight can affect your body function in in, in a multiplicity of ways but what we know is uh, based on research whether you have stress incontinence 
or aging continents, mm. um, weight reduction can have a big impact in terms of uh, improvement in the symptoms. Okay. Uh, we are going to continue this conversation. Let's ask one more question before we take a break here. <clears throat> uh, many women after delivery complain, delivery of a child, complain and sometimes even joke about leaking urine when they sneeze or laugh. Is this the normal uh, sort of situation after delivery or is it something to be taken seriously? Is that kind of a normal thing for women? I guess that's uh, a normal childbirth, not a C-section childbirth, but I guess that would be part of the uh, aftermath of, of giving birth. It's an important question. So, you know, um, pregnancy itself and the process of delivery have an impact in terms of your pelvic floor and the function of your bladder. Because, of course, there's uh, the weight changes, there are the hormonal changes, and then the delivery itself, uh, um, whether vaginal or cesarean section. Um, and, and therefore, uh, many women might tend to complain about uh, certain issues uh, immediately post-delivery. Right. But the encouraging thing is, if you have any of these problems, like, for example, leaking urine, immediately post-delivery, it tends to improve. Because uh, all these pregnancy changes by six to eight weeks post-delivery, uh, there's tendency for uh, reversal and return to back to uh, pre-pregnancy state. So would so, you, yeah, go on. So most women tend to improve. So I, I, would, I wouldn't be too much worried if a woman comes and says, yeah, you know, when I call for love, I'm leaking urine and I delivered um, two or three weeks ago. Because uh, from our experience, this tends to improve. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and you would suggest a woman in that situation comes to the hospital or, or doctor or, or just gives it six to eight weeks and then sees? It's still important that you need to be reviewed. Eh? Okay. Because, of course, if there's been uh, severe trauma, hmm. then um, the cause and uh, prognosis might be a little bit different. Okay. So still good for you to come to hospital. We do a basic evaluation. You know, as we say, the bladder is an unreliable witness. Huh? So <laughs> we, have, we, have like do, that, yeah. Yeah, we have to do maybe one or two basic investigations. Then most of the time, just with lifestyle modifications and some bit of pelvic floor exercises, uh, then we expect improvement. Okay. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and continue this discussion. If you have questions uh, for the doctor, please get them in. 0701984984. <laughs> Capital FM. Capital FM. Uh, we are in studio this morning, uh, courtesy of the Aga Khan Hospital with Dr. Bob Achilla, consultant urogynecologist at the Aga Khan University Hospital in Nairobi, who's clearing up some myths about uh, urinary incontinence. Uh, and again, that's just leakage uh, for women uh, and men, but we're specifically talking about women this morning. Uh, just before we close off, Doc, maybe just tell us, you know, look, again, if you're a woman and this is happening to you, it's not, A, it's not a death sentence, B, it's not something to be embarrassed by, and C, it's very, very treatable. Um, we had mentioned before that there are situations where some women uh, have to avoid going to work, social places, school, shopping, and exercise. Yeah. Uh, when they go out, they toilet map, i.e. the second they walk into a venue, whether it's a restaurant or wherever, they're looking, you know, making sure they know where the toilet is. Exactly. Um, um, and some people go to the toilet, even if there's no urge, carry spare underwear, wear darker clothes, use perfumes to cover the smell of urine. So, again, to avoid all of that, there's a very simple way to have it treated, right? Exactly. So, I mean, just to reiterate what you said before, um, incontinence of urine in women is, is, is very, very common. And um, there's nothing for you to be embarrassed about. Um, I think it's very clear that uh, most of the causes are not dangerous. 
and then the evaluation and treatment is usually quite straightforward and uh, in fact the treatment most of the time is uh, usually lifestyle modifications and then sometimes me- medications eh? but m- maybe some women might require other intervention including uh, surgery but this will be a minority right so surgery is quite rare it's rare okay. yeah all right yeah all right doc well thanks very much i mean it wasn't I, I would say it was not an easy subject to talk about in the morning but uh, you made it very easy for us so we appreciate that uh, and again uh if you have time please come back and visit us it was always it was an absolute pleasure to have you here yeah thank you so much for having us and uh, hoping for more engagement in future absolutely and you can find uh, uh dr achilla at the aga khan university hospital in nairobi uh, ladies we encourage you if this is happening to you don't live with the embarrassment don't live with any shame or guilt or don't live with any sort of fear uh, just go and get it checked out as doc said it's very treatable uh, and very rarely does it result in any kind of surgery anyway so it's very very easy to manage all right thanks very much Capital FM.